Hi there, I'm Jake. Hi, I'm Krista. Uh, what do you know about DCOMs, Krista? Nothing. I watched uh, High School Musical and, and oh. Camp Rock. Oh, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> and I watched all of them. <laughs> all of them? Yeah, it was like an event in our house. <laughs> so join us for a DCOM deep dive where we're going to watch and review every single one. The other me. A clone movie that I guessed yeah, correctly. Guessed right. <laughs> and this one is not on Disney Plus. It's the second one not on Disney Plus. Yeah. After Under Wraps. Yeah, so we had to find this some other way to watch it. However, however, it was on Disney Plus, past tense. Uh, I found a Reddit thread from 2019 where people are like, what happened? Why is it on there anymore? And I know I've watched it on there. I like, wonder why it was taken off. Okay, my theory is it has an Aaron Carter song and an NSYNC song. Uh, Do you think yeah. that was costing them like a lot of money? It makes you wonder. And this is a really good one. So it it definitely like wasn't taken off for quality reasons because it's great. No, and none of the actors have been like, I don't know, canceled. <laughs> true, true. So, you know what? It's not like Disney to take stuff off their streaming service when people get canceled. It's more like them to edit it or put a warning in front of it. Like they do with Peter Pan. That's true. They do that even for like Aristocats. I watched that the other day and they had done that. So, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. But uh, what did you think? This is your first time seeing this one. Oh, it was good. I It was one... It was kind of like the last one where I was like, oh, this is exactly what... This is like the the sweet spot for decoms. It was yeah. really just nice, fun, kind of silly. One fantastical thing happens and the rest is kind of just real life. Yeah. And a Lawrence brother. Come on. Uh, he was so much better and so much cuter in this than the last Lawrence brother movie. Horse Sense? Yeah. He was excellent in Horse Sense. He was way cuter in this one. Uh, he's more charming. Yeah. I liked him a lot better. I don't know. I think I think Horsense actually shows off his acting chops. Whereas this, I don't know. It's not bad, though. It just doesn't have the depth of character going on. So there's not, you know, well, I don't you know judge how it. I feel about yeah. Horsense. No, I know. I also, know. in that one, he just like had this kind of one look he did when he was sad. And he was just kind of like, oh, I'm sad. And this one, he it felt like he... You know, he had to act for two characters, and he, he did. did a great job. He did. Both characters are very distinct. Yes. Body language and all. Yeah. Uh, so what is, uh, what was the, when did it premiere? Uh, it was September 8th, 2000, and here's a quick plot summary. So Will is, actually, I think he is a junior high I think he, they were saying junior high school. Oh, not junior. Okay, yeah, because we kept school. hearing junior dance and we were like, but they look like middle schoolers. So anyway, I think he's in middle school, junior high. Um, he's not getting the best grades, especially in science. And also he's kind of being bullied. He's not really cool at school. And his parents are going to send him to a summer boot camp. So he's trying to like fix his grades. So he tries to purchase ocean pups for his science project. But the ocean pups are a front for a science lab working on clones. He accidentally clones himself and then makes his clone 
um, he calls Tui go to school. So he makes the clone go to school. Tui is spelled T-W-O-I-E. That's how they spell it on IMDb. <laughs> so I thought it was two dash Y. Anyway, Tui. Tui. <laughs> I always love that name. So Tui has to go to school and do all the stuff he hates. And his clone actually loves school and he thrives. He like makes friends with the bully. He asks out the girl Will does not like. And eventually Will is bored at home. Um, so he like kicks Tui out basically. Um, but Will learns that the clone is only a temporary clone and he'll cease to exist without drinking this special thing. So the two scientists have kind of been hunting them and surveilling them throughout it. Um, they kidnap Will because they think he's the clone and they want to run tests on him. But Tui and the friends go rescue him and they give him the antidote before he disappears. So Tui says that he's an identical cousin. He gets the name Gil because Gil and Will and the parents adopt him. Pretty much. <laughs> You nailed it almost point for point. Anything missing there? Uh, aside from a few dance scenes, I think you got it. There were a lot of cool dance scenes. <laughs> yeah. My older brother, Luke, used to do these at school. He would quickly pick up on them and people would be like, oh, that's the dance from the other me. But he could do it. And I think he just did the yo-yo one. But uh, I remember watching this and thinking like, yo-yos are so cool because he has like a yo-yo in the beginning of the movie. He does the yo-yo dance at the end. A yo-yo dance without a yo-yo, I might add. Yeah. Oh, yeah, without a yo-yo. He teaches, they're like, hey, Will, teach us a dance. And he's like, all right. Okay. I like yo-yos. <laughs> so any memories besides your brother doing the yo-yo dance? I remember the NSYNC song, Bring in the Noise, was on this one. At least I'm pretty sure it was this or Smart House. Anyway, I know NSYNC songs in the, and then... Because of that song being in here, I liked it so much. I bought a Hit Clips and just that song. You know what <laughs> Hit Clips are? Uh, no. Okay, it was a toy. There were two versions. All right. There was one that you put in little cartridges. Oh, and yes. And the chorus of your favorite song. And then another one that played many CDs. I've seen the mini CD and one And I had for the cartridge sure. one. And I only had this song. And it was only the chorus. And I would sneak it to school just to listen, like just to get a hit. Just like one <laughs> a hit of this song. And I remember my friend Ryan being like, NSYNC's so dumb. It's so stupid. They're just the worst band. And I remember him saying he liked this movie and the music in it. And I was like, you like an NSYNC song? Got him. <laughs> so that's my memory of this uh, movie. I remember it coming out at the beginning of the school year. I would have been in... Gosh, second grade? Oh, wow. Yeah, I was little. So you had your hit clips in the second grade, huh? I think I got it in third grade, yeah. truthfully. Because <laughs> um, it, it did, it it played for about another year or two, and then it faded into obscurity after uh, that. So sad, because it's great. It's fun. Yeah, as far as how much I remember this plan, i definitely go to four or five. It It tended to pop up because of Andy Lawrence. Yeah, so when his new stuff would come out, the old stuff would play. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, yeah. you know he's going to be in Going to the Met? Also, he was in these movies we make, guys. <laughs> these other less good movies. Well, I don't know if they were less good. but <laughs> Yeah, this is probably right there in the middle. Five, for sure. Five of what? In the middle of what? Of the scale. 
the oh, scale of, the, of uh, how often you play. Yeah, how often you play. So oh, one sorry. would be the Jenny you. Project Tennis High School Musical. Right. God, you got Sorry, it. this is a reference to a previous podcast if you haven't seen it. That's my <laughs> scale. So some fashion choices that were made. <laughs> this oh is a boy movie. So boy movies are harder yeah. for me with the uh, fashion. But there was this short necklace and that the boy would wear, Will would wear. And I feel like that was kind of a cool like skater boy type thing with the the little necklaces they would wear. Long sleeve graphic shirt with the graphic printed down the sleeve. Oh yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, we don't do that super often anymore. It was kind of then. So interesting. Collars. The sister, of course, I loved the sister. (laughs) She was an older sister because a lot of times it's a younger sister, but she was older. She had red dip dyed hair, which was fantastic. So her hair was natural, but it was dip dyed red, bright red. Is that what that's called? Where it's just the ends? Dip dyed? Uh, Tips. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I've, I've never heard dip dye before. Tips. But dip dye means that you take the hair and you dip it into the dye. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> like as soon as you said it, I was like, "Oh, well, you that had a hard time is. with the last hair thing I referenced." So I thought I'd be extra explicit. No, dip dyed, I get. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, he wears a shirt under a sweater, and the. Mm. <laughs> the mom has a shirt with the exact same color cardigan so it's like a set that she wears together um the sister also has a choker she had a lot of outfits that's why it's kind of she split did. up she was a very high fashionista loved it uh a choker bit of a punk princess yeah yeah choker and necklace together the sister had this shirt with a large butterfly on it and i was looking through pictures of myself because i we were trying to find a picture for a 13 going on 30s, uh, 30, 30th year old birthday party oh, yeah. where we were supposed to dress up as our 13 year old self. And like in all these pictures, I was wearing this same like huge butterfly shirt. And so it just immediately reminded me of that. So oh, good memories. There was the belt with rivets. There was the shell necklace. Like a Puka shell necklace, right? Yeah. Well, no, that's more like the smaller one. I don't remember what it's called when it's a little larger. Shells. I had this shell um, anklet that I wore probably nonstop in the summer for probably like five years. Huh. I was an anklet girl, Jake. How does that make you feel? (laughs) Um... I never understood anklets. I wore one one time. I thought, this is horribly uncomfortable and no one can see it. Pass. Uh... First of all, everyone could see it. And also, I was adorable. So I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were. <laughs> uh, the sister also had teeny tiny eyebrows, uh, nice and plucked there. And the sister had one scene where she had parts of her hair crimped. Not the oh, whole she thing. She did. She did. Even noticed I noticed that. that. Yeah. yeah, good for you. <laughs> all right, let's get into the movie. Man, I loved this one as a kid. And I, I enjoyed it quite a bit now. Oh, Will. I love that whole... This is one of those over-explained movies or as you watch (laughs) it, they over-explain everything to make sure even like a kindergartner could get it. Yeah. I mean, like Chucky, the best friend's like, you know, because I'm your best friend and the bad guys are literally like over-explaining why they're bad. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about (laughs) the bad guys 
is they don't do anything illegal till the very end. That's true. They're not bad guys at all for any reason. Are they doing anything like questionably immoral or illegal until the end? And then you're like, now you're bad guys. Yeah. All they do is they're experimenting and making clones. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, questionably ethical, but not illegal. No. Then they like, they do surveil a child, which is a little bit pushing it. Okay, yeah, that, I take pushing it, back. it That's probably illegal. Yeah, but they, they even are like, well, we can't kidnap the kid, but we can clone nap. There's nothing illegal about kidnapping a clone. It's clone napping. So then they kind of push it into the kidnapping realm, which would be illegal, I would say. <laughs> and they work at Ocean Pups, which is just sea monkeys. Yeah. yeah. It's just sea monkeys. And they're like cloning on the side and they're like, soon we won't have to do this as a front for our cloning stuff. And it's like, are you? You didn't have to have a front. Yeah. Like uh, to me. Okay. I did Google this. A front is it's something you do. Like if you if it's a business, it means you're doing something shady. Yeah. Like, if, but if you say I'm putting on a brave front it means you're just hiding your fear. Right. Right. But if I, you're like, yo, that business is a front. I don't think you're like, yeah, I'm doing this one thing to fund another legally, legitimately. It can. That's what Google said on all the slang definitions. But to me, a front was, it's always bad. It's always like, this is where they launder money. This is like a fake business. This is where they're hiding stuff. Yeah, that's what a front is in this context. Right. But they aren't doing anything illegal. That's well, what bugs okay, me. but they do say they don't want people to know about their cloning stuff because they um they want to keep the patent for themselves. So right. I think part of it is they just want to be secretive. And they call it hyper cloning because it's like we're gonna drop this thing in water and then suddenly like a complete, fully formed where that organism is now clone is gonna appear right which is not what normal cloning is which is normally it goes through like a whole incubation process and it's like a lot of times rebirth like birthed that is the only way you right right so injecting dna into an ovum an egg and then fertilizing it and making sure it has the dna of the host and right that's what i'm saying i'm saying that yeah that's that's the impossibility is that it's an instant thing right away, fully formed clone. Right. And that that's the fun part of it, though, because as a kid, that's all I thought when I heard cloning. True. Did you learn about Dolly the Sheep as a kid? Yeah, I did. Clone? I did. I remember learning about it. Not like it wasn't like an instant clone. It was like one that had to be birthed. I was like, I mean, that's cool and all, but that's not what I wanted. I was like, does that really count? Yeah, like all these movies, like the other me had this established firmly in my brain that there was, this was cloning. Yeah, This is what it was. That is what it is in my mind too. I don't know why we're so hooked on the bad guys. Maybe it's because they're both like kind of cartoony. Well, it's funny too, because you, I didn't really notice they weren't doing anything illegal until you said that. And then once you said that, I was like, but the way the movie like portrays them is like, yeah, the cartoon like evil bad guys like from uh, um, that Christmas movie. One. No. Oh. Which Christmas movie? <laughs> I'm thinking of um, Honey, the Kirk Cameron dog one. No. Home Alone. I had Home to do Alone. the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What am I thinking of? You're thinking of like, You Lucky Dog. Yeah, You Lucky Dog. They're very cartoony. Yes. Right? But they remind me, both of them remind me of the villains on um, Home Alone, where they're oh, kind yeah. of bumbly, yeah. short and tall. I feel like that's an aspect. Yeah, and a lot of good physical comedy. Yes. Which they did a few times. And it's like, why didn't y'all just dial this up? These guys were pretty good at it. Yeah, they were. I Did you notice... Um, one of the bad guys is always talking and the other one hardly says anything. Yeah, but it always cuts to his face and he's always reacting. That was his thing. <laughs> and then the talky bad guy was like really cool. He had spiked hair. He had like Hawaiian-ish I did shirts. not think he was cool. 2000s cool. I did 2000s not think cool. he was 2000s cool. I totally do. You do? Yeah, as I remember as a kid thinking like that guy's dressed so cool. And then the lame one is wearing plaid. But I thought khakis. Andy Lawrence was cool with his necklace and his baggy clothes. And that guy was like a dweeb with his Hawaiian shirt. No, that was you're going to see this come up more and more. In these 2000s movies, I can already name like three DCOMs that have this archetype of that look. The Hawaiian shirt boy. I guess it's like a SoCal thing. I don't know. But I, <laughs> I just remember seeing it being like, cool. <laughs> yeah, we're so far removed from SoCal that I don't have any idea. <laughs> but all right. So this movie is actually about Will. And it established he's kind of weird at school because he yo-yos and everyone like picks on him. Well, there's a bully who's mad at him because he kept trying to steal his lunch money and he finally ratted him out. Yeah. And I'm like, well, he was stealing his lunch money. So now he's like mad at him. But I don't know. I felt like he should have told the teacher, but I don't know. I'm maybe a teacher. So. And I know you loved this. The the girl thing. How like the girl liked him, but he did not like her. Yeah. That was so funny. That is very unusual in these. Usually the main character is like, has a crush. Well, actually, we haven't had a ton of romance in this, much to my anger. Yeah, but, no kidding. <laughs> but yeah, she was so into him and he was so annoyed with her. Yeah, he's like, oh my God, here she comes again. And I hope, and her voice. Yeah, her voice was really like high pitched. Hey, Will. Hi, Will. How are you, Will? Yeah, that's pretty good. Thank you, Jake. She just had a very distinct voice. I mean, even for like a middle school girl, if you heard that voice, you'd be like, whoa. Yeah, it's pretty unusual for sure. One thing that really annoyed me, and I know you're right, they're over explaining things because it's a movie for children. Right. But the teacher says in front of the whole class. <laughs> I loved it. That. He's basically doing bad in science. And if he doesn't get a B, he's going to like fail. And I was like, teachers should never do stuff like that. They never did. No. Yeah. Just straight up shames him in front of. Yes. Like, there's, there's no way you can miss it in the scene. You're like, yeah, everybody. Everybody got that one. Yeah. I mean, occasionally I'll be like, guys, this is for a grade because I teach music and they somehow think it doesn't. But I try not to like single people out like that. Like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's a scene pretty early on where it cuts to Will's TV and he owns uh, a Sega Dreamcast, which I guess if you're talking about clothes, I almost never get to talk about tech because it's only been in like two or three movies where I'm like, oh, wow, iconic piece of technology. Yeah. But the Dreamcast was an iconic piece of technology. And and what is it? Um, so sitting next to you on your right in real life, how many feet is that from you? Two or three? 
Okay. That's a Sega Genesis. Uh-huh. That was one of their Sega's consoles. And so they made one called the Saturn, which appeared in Smart House. Uh-huh. And did, that one did not do well. It put the company like so far under. The CEO gave like, I think, 500 million of his own money to save the company. Wow. From just, yeah, totally falling apart. And so as their last ditch effort, they're like, we got to make a really good console. So they made the Dreamcast and that was their last piece of hardware. Was it good? It was great. Oh, okay. It was great. It wasn't the, the rousing success they needed, but it was a success. It, but they they weren't in the market. It was too that. late. Yeah, it pretty much already was. Well, I did notice in his room there was like a computer in a computer cabinet. Yep. Because he had the hugest and nicest room any middle schooler has ever had in their lives. All these DCOMs, all the kids got everything in their room. And he had a microwave. In their own room. <laughs> Do you not have your own room? Sometimes. I usually did, but... No, I usually... We we rotated because we always had fights about oh, having right. our own room. So literally every year, we would rotate. So then for a year, two would share, one would get their own room. And then finally, they converted the uh, guest room into another room. All these years, it was just a guest room and they could have... Mom and dad, if you're listening, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> they could have just let it be one of our rooms, but they finally did. So it was fine. My solo bedroom, the first one would have been in fourth or fifth grade. And it was basically a closet. Yeah, but it's I your mean, own space. Yeah, I mean, I remember that room was so small. When they asked us to go clean our rooms, it took me about a minute. Like, that's not exaggerating <laughs> because it was so small already. And uh, it had no windows. It was oh, in the basement. I don't know if it's legally, you could call it a bedroom anymore. No. I think it has to have an escape window It now. does. Uh, so I don't I know. I think it did then to legally be considered. It probably a, did. A it probably did. But it was my first solo bedroom and I loved it. Oh, yeah. So after that, I think I may have shared one with like temporarily here or there. But for the most part, I always had my own bedroom. That's pretty crazy because I feel like a lot of people have to share, but yeah, yeah. Um, the family when they hear about the report card and how he's failing grades, which made me notice that there's a lot of report card plots in these movies. <laughs> there is, <isn't> <laughs> but um, the mom, I liked the mom a lot because they are pushing him to get good grades. But she is not disapproving. She says she doesn't care about A's. She cares about effort. And she feels that her son is... um, Not trying. Yeah, like slacking off, which he definitely is. Oh, without a doubt. It's clear he does not try. Right, right. He's too busy playing Sega Dreamcast or playing on his computer. So he gets his uh, ocean pups from the company that's a front. And it's Why, this though? because he's failing science for his science project. Would that be a science project? <laughs> like in middle school, like, hey, I bought um, ocean pups. I mixed them in water. They're alive now. I did it. So, you know, I don't think I ever, except maybe once, did a science project. So I don't know. Could you do that? Have you done science projects? A lot. Many. Yeah, I think I had like one where we actually had like a science fair. We presented on something. 
In my high school, I was required to do a science fair every year. Required. Oh, yeah? Yep. It's part of the IB program where I went, and we hated it. We all hated it. Um, I'm just going to confess this now. One of the years I just made up numbers. Jake! I know. I felt so guilty. You don't even have a real high school diploma right now. <laughs> you are, you're not even past. It's just like, sometimes you had to get it approved. Sometimes the things that got approved were so actually expensive when I went out and tried to do it and they wanted me to do more samples. And so I would just like take the hit on my grade and not get my parents to buy more because I knew we couldn't afford it. That's not fair. I know. And I never told the teachers that. I just. Well, you should have, but also they shouldn't have been making you buy all this stuff. What ninth grader is going to be like, yeah, this costs a lot. My parents can't afford it. So like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I'm not going to say that. Yeah. The 11th grade, I actually came up with a great science fair. Came up with it myself. It's about uh, video games and the effects it has on people. And like, um, I had this whole way of measuring it through your heart rate. And I did it solo, cooperative, and versus all in the same game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I, and so I spent like six or seven hours one day at church just testing people, getting everybody to come. And I still needed like double or triple that. And I was like, this is like most of the people I know. <laughs> so I went to random.com, made up names, made up numbers, and inputted them and felt horrible about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel terrible just hearing you talk I about felt this. so bad. I almost never cheated at school. I never lied at school. I never faked anything. You could tell by my grades. The teachers knew I was honest. <laughs> this one, I was not honest. And it ate me alive for a long time. And now you're confessing it to the world and you no longer have a high school diploma. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't get the IB diploma because I moved away senior year. So doesn't matter anyway. I guess that's true. That's karma. That's what that's called, Jake. <laughs> yeah, that's why I moved. Anyway, so we had to do these every year. and. Something like, hey, I'm going to go buy Ocean Pups is not going to get approved. But in middle school, Jake. I think I did one in middle school. Did I? I don't remember. I don't. I just didn't ever do them. So, I mean, it seems more like an elementary school thing that maybe a teacher would be like, oh, I'll buy these and we'll all do our own Ocean Pup. Yeah. So, yeah, but I agree. It, it's a terrible project. <laughs> the worst. But there's all this smoke, water, blah, blah, blah. And I love the dramatic moment where he like, he something has gone wrong with the science project. He's like called Ocean Pups and then he stares. There's a mirror on his bathroom because he has his own bathroom too. Uh, yeah. Rage. Anyway, he stares at himself in the mirror and then and it's like, oh, there's two of them. And then he opens the door and there he is again. Uh, yeah. And you know what my immediate thought was? Hmm. Oh, they actually showed that the clone is naked. They did. Except he wasn't. Did you notice? He had a towel on. No, he had before the towel was put around him, there was underwear. I was. You can see it? I know this is creepy that I looked, but I was like, what is Disney going to do? I was like. Are they really going to show this naked kid? And there was one short time where I, you like briefly saw his like underwear, more like a short kind of thing. Yeah. And then later he's like, here, put this on. And he puts a towel around him. I was watching to see <laughs> how they were covering it up. And I didn't even notice. 
Yeah, I was really proud of myself for noticing. It's not naked on set. No. They're not doing that. No, they shouldn't do that. It's illegal, I'm pretty sure. But I was still like, are they really? Like, are they going to do like a full, (laughs) like never reveal that he is wearing something? But he was. No. So how did you feel about... The clone at first kind of has trouble speaking, but then suddenly he figures it out like in 30 seconds and then he can also read. Like, how did you, what do you think? Clone logic, go. Yeah, I was thinking like, it's his, you know, like back then when you started up a computer, remember how long that took? Yeah, yeah. One to six minutes, depending on everything. One was like you were top notch mm-hmm. and you would ju- this is brand new. But after a few years, it's going to be a couple. <laughs> I remember I would hit start. I would walk up upstairs. I would like make popcorn in the microwave. I'd come back down and I could finally log in. <laughs> yeah, true. And, and that's kind of how I saw it. I was like, it's hit start and it's all it's all in there. And it's just playing catch up because this is something that Will can already do. Yeah, but also his personality is supposedly the same, but it's very different. As the movie goes on, he acts so much different. And so... Yeah, I guess he keeps skills, not experiences. I don't know. I feel like in a lot of... So, for instance, we just watched Avatar, The Way of the Water. Yeah. In that movie, the clones are like remade with all of the memories of their, their past self. And so... For him to be a full grown, the same age as his, as Will, I'm like, well, he should have everything and be exactly the same, but he's not. His personality is different. At first, he can't read, but then he can. And so, so maybe you're right. Maybe some of the stuff is there, but not others. I guess that's why I think of this more like fantasy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're not going deep into the science. Right. Right. It's just kind of magical. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it's like reading the space trilogy, even though it's in space. That's a fantasy novel. There's right. no real science involved. I don't know. This is my way of trying to be generous <laughs> to this kid's movie. I just want them to have thought about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they did, and I'm I'm with you. It doesn't all make sense. You just kind of have to buy it and be like, all right. I know, but I just wanted to discuss the clone logic because clone logic is very weird. It's kind of like time travel logic. It just doesn't quite work. And then we get this great little, uh, almost like Groucho Marx type scene where, yeah, they like go to get food from the kitchen and one's in one room, one's right there in the next room. They keep swapping places and the parents are in different rooms. They're like, did you just change clothes? What? Huh? I called this the sitcom switcheroos. <laughs> I think it's in Duck Soup with the Marx Brothers is where this bit uh, came from. Yeah. So like the dad sees one, but then the other one comes by and he thinks it's the same person, but yeah. it's not. And yeah, so that part was amazing. I loved that part. And mom is super granola. Uh, something yes. we've seen a, quite a few times. That's true. I wonder why. How many crunchy moms did you know? Like none. But I lived in like meat and potatoes land. Yeah. So that's, yeah. My mom went through crunchy phases. She did. <laughs> I guess my mom might have been the most of other moms, but 
I wouldn't say she was crunchy, no. She had a lot of rules about sweets and cereal and like would just throw everything out or like wouldn't buy it and would limit us. And it was it was a good practice, totally. It just uh, sucked because, you know, you, you love You wanted candy. more candy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I but think- it wasn't ultra crunchy. One of the things I like that she did as- is at the beginning, she made some dish where you're supposed to everybody eat from the same pot. Oh, yeah. That was pretty like, oh, okay. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. So the bad guys first realize the kid may have cloned someone because he calls like their emer- like emergency, li- not emergency, customer service. Customer service. Yeah. And she like tells them and they're like, oh, no. So then they he like- Clone something. They like stake them out. They're like, all right. We're going to go to this town and figure it out. And they don't know what he's cloned. Yeah. They're like, you've done something. Just look for two of something. (laughs) Yeah. And they're there a long time. Yeah. Uh, Dad, by the way, from the crunchy thing, did you notice that dad was sneaking barbecue into his briefcase? (laughs) Loved it. He pulls out those chips Uh, and he's like hiding. Oh. I just want some cholesterol. He said something like that. I yeah, it was very funny. I love the dad. Yeah. He's in, he's in actually a DCOM dad another time. Yep, he is. And I love it. I found that one too. Love him. So Tui, of course, he's like learning about life. He learns what a burp is. He learns what a yawn is. Um, <laughs> This is so silly. He's like... What's a family? And then he starts watching this family across the street. And every member of that family is like washing a car and just loving it. They're like laughing and like washing the car. And they're like, oh. And what? Some of the kids are teenagers. Yeah. They're not getting teenagers to wash the to car. Happily. Going, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I was like, this is so dumb. Why weren't they like playing catch or something? Like, why were they washing the car? It it it, it made the point though. Like Kidmy didn't notice that. Kidmy got it like, oh, Tui didn't have family. <laughs> to me, it felt dystopian. Like <laughs> <laughs> good times at the car wash. So then Will teaches Tui about life because he's like guess what you're gonna you can read you just read this whole science textbook really fast you memorized it you're going to school for me yeah so he makes him go to school because of course but he also teaches him things like you don't have to you can't have a family if you're a clone you know really heartfelt and heartwarming things like that (laughs) so then he teaches them how to be like them and he watches, he he just keeps getting like inspiration from things that he sees. Like he'll turn on the TV, watch a dance, learn a few slang words and then say them because he, he thinks shouts it's amen because he watches a, yeah. like a televangelist. That was a little great nod. A what? When he watches the televangelist. Yeah, that was really yeah. awesome. He doesn't know. He just has some funny things, mishaps, where, like, he doesn't know how to drink from a water fountain, so he, like, licks it like a dog, and his friend, like, watches him. And Oh, and when when Will and Tui are reviewing, like, who is who at school, I love it. He's like, now tell me what I told you. He goes, oh, and Heather Johnson, she has a righteous crush on me. <laughs> that line. Mm, perfect. Uh, so his friend Chucky definitely knows something is up with him and what really sets him off is he 
He has a bite of frozen pizza in the cafeteria. And it inspires him. Was the funniest scene ever. I loved this scene. I did too. I was a kid. I mean, I knew it was coming. Yeah. But yeah, I vividly remember this whole scene. So a lot of the trailers show him like dancing in the cafeteria, but like he takes one bite of pizza and it just like inspires him to dance. And it's so beautiful. He's like running around at first and then he starts like half dancing. And this kid's like, whoa. And he pulls out a a boom box, hits play. That he just has at school. And then Will's dancing and then half the kids are dancing. They're dancing on the table. It goes on for a while before anyone stops it. So when you were in middle school, were there teachers in the room during we lunch? We couldn't go to a different table. They'd yell at us. Oh, you had to be at one table? Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, we could sit wherever we wanted. No, no, no. We could sit wherever we wanted, but if we changed tables oh. mid-lunch, oh. we got yelled at. I don't know if we no, would have no. been. I don't think so. Yeah, the rules were like pretty strict. But the teachers were right there eating their lunch yeah, yeah. at the cafeteria, so we didn't get away with anything. Yeah, what school is going to be like, yeah, go ahead. Dance on the top of the table. Nobody's in here. <laughs> Pull out your boom box that you carry around everywhere with you. It uh, doesn't matter. It made for a great movie. <laughs> it, was, it was a great scene. I mean, pizza often inspires me, so I get it. I did like what Chucky said. He's like, you've been acting strange. That's his best friend. If you're trying to get your grades changed by acting crazy, you got to let me know. (laughs) Dude, I didn't even notice that because I noticed the sister and her friend walk by and the sister's like, something is up. And she goes, he's actually acting cool, (laughs) which is hilarious to me because at my school, if you would have just started dancing... I don't think, I think people have been like, what the heck? I would have been staring you down being like, how do I get in on this without being weird? (laughs) I just think at my school, people would have, I don't know. It wouldn't have happened. But it Uh, is a decom. (laughs) It is. It is such a great dance, too. It's very uh, involved. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, yeah. And they're playing Bring In The Noise by NSYNC. This is our NSYNC song. Oh, the NSYNC song is here. Bring In The Noise. Yep. Yeah, it's. Mm. Great. So, of course, he gets sent to the office. And this was one of my other favorite moments. So, Tui, again, he doesn't he doesn't really know. Oh, he he like realizes that the person he's sitting by is this bully and the bully is like mad at him. And so he just like is super direct and upfront with him. Yeah. Honestly, it was super like how you should handle confrontation. And he's like, so you're still mad that I ratted you out. I guess that wasn't a good thing. I I'm should have sorry. I should have had the courage to talk to you first. And and then he starts talking about, yeah, I know what it's like to not have a father. And they just like talk about all this stuff. And the boy's like, huh? Huh? And then they're like best friends. And the boy's like, my dad left my mom and me. You know, he just like gets real deep about it. Oh, and don't forget during the dance scene, he asks out Heather. Yes. Or Heather asks out him. Hey, want to go to the social with me? Will there be pizza? I'll bring some. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I just think, I guess what I'm trying to say about when he and the bully talk is like throughout the movie, he is trying 
he's trying to show what a kid might be like if they didn't have inhibitions because he talks to him later and he's like kind of talking about how he can just dance. He said basically that Will cares too much and he's always thinking about what other people think. And he too, he just does stuff and he's not afraid. He like tells him you're afraid of everything and I'm not. And so to me, that was like, oh, he's just not afraid of this bully and he's just going to be really direct and talk to him. And it actually solves the problem, Yeah, which maybe it wouldn't always, but I just liked that. It That's basically the, well, maybe not the theme, but yeah, the like take the inhibitions away. What might you act like? I think that is sort of the idea. Like, you know, people are going to like the real you is sort of the message. Yeah. It's not the you you put on for other people. Yeah. Because that's clearly what they're attracted to in Tui. They like that he don't care. Yeah, but I also think that Will, in a lot of ways, is kind of doing his own thing. Like, he loves yo-yoing. Like, well, that's true. He's it's not kind afraid. of a lame thing in their eyes, but, like, that's kind of the beat of his own drum. And so... I remember a kid brought a yo-yo freshman year of school, the high school, and we're all like, that sounds fun. Within a week, half of us had yo-yos at school. <laughs> I mean, as maybe that's IB school, but we were just like, you know, I don't think a teacher's gonna take that up because, like, you're, it's quiet. It's a yo-yo. You can kind of just—it's like something you can fidget with without distracting other people. Yeah, so we all had yo-yos very soon. <laughs> that's really funny to me because that to me feels like a decom. Like he, the cool kid has a yo-yo, I'll get a yo-yo. I mean, this was what IB school was like. And maybe it was just our grade too, because we really liked each other. Uh, we were known for that. But I mean, that's how we all started playing Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> it was like, no, this, this is a story I've been waiting to tell. I'm going to tell it. Oh, okay. So me and my one of my best friends, Rhett, shout out, um, we were playing Yu-Gi-Oh! In a basement because we had watched this YouTube show called Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge where they dub over old episodes and make them really stupid and funny because the plot of Yu-Gi-Oh! is dumb. They're playing a children's card game to the death. And so we're like, hey, I still have the cards. You have the cards? Yeah. And we pull them out, start playing. We bring them to school to start playing. Everybody's like, I remember those from like elementary school. What is like sophomore year of high school? Yeah. And then now suddenly every guy is bringing these to school. Like I think 20 to 25 people are bringing these to school and playing when we have downtime. Yeah. Then we start buying cards. Then we start going to tournaments. It escalated. And it, but it was so much fun. Yeah. I feel like that nostalgia is, is a high draw for people yeah because now uh, me and a bunch of my friends are turning 30 and a lot of our parties have been kind of nostalgia themed like we're like oh let's do this thing like at the last party we all made friendship bracelets which is something i definitely made (laughs) yeah that's true oh brother we need to talk about grandpa i know i was staring at that (laughs) one of mine let's not forget the bad guys are still watching and they're sharing binoculars like one eye each more cartoonish. I love. Yeah, I love uh, that too. <laughs> but Grandpa freaking Mordecai. Grandpa Mordecai. Or he's like, yeah, you're going to love Grandpa Mordecai. You're going to visit him, the nurse, and he's allowed to laugh. See ya. So they already have one scene where they show up with Will and they like, wa- they like talk to Mordecai and he just sits there. So he's kind of unresponsive. And then Tui goes and he just like gently puts his hands on Grandpa's cheeks. He says, 
does it hurt when you get old? And Grandpa is like, not today. And then suddenly he's cured. He's like lucid. Yeah, everyone's like, whoa. He like healed him. What happened? And then he's like moved in with them at the end of the movie. Yeah, he goes to the movies. He's walking around totally cognizant. I have no idea. Whose idea was this? It was a horrible idea. This was a bad idea. You know how many kids had like <laughs> parents with Alzheimer's or grandparents? Oh, that's with horrible to think of. And we're like, I know what to do now. <laughs> <laughs> Just to ask him. Does it hurt? Because the the family has been faithfully visiting every week. And they're dressing up to visit him. Yeah, and they're like talking to him and just because the one guy touches him, is that what it was? Or was it what he said to him? <sighs> the magic human touch, I guess. I don't know. I just was like, that is completely ridiculous. <laughs> well, now Will wants to go to school. Yeah, he's bored. Yeah, and Will, he he knows he's cool now. Like, he's heard the rumors. He's heard the stories. So he's got to go check it out. And he's like, what the heck happened to my life? He hates it. Yeah. He's like so mad. He's mad. He, uh, everybody likes him, but he's mad. Like, I mean, he's kind of mad that too. He asked the girl out, which yeah. is under- Rifle, that was understandable. Rifle anger. Yeah. Chucky tells him he's popular. The bully's his friend now. Yeah. He's, so. he's like, this is not what I want. It's funny how the situation he was in was the one he wanted. Yeah. He like kind of liked his life. Well, nothing wrong with that, I guess. Yeah. So Will and Tui get in this fight because uh, Will doesn't like the life that Tui's made and Tui's just kind of like, you're right, I don't belong here. And it gets decided Tui's going to go to the dance and this is the last thing he's going to do before he runs off to New York. Yeah, so then Will runs after him for some reason that I forgot and the the two bad guys kind of try to kidnap him, but he ends up with this liquid yeah. that is actually going to keep... Tui alive because he's about to not exist. Yeah, the clones have a four-week lifespan. Again, with the stupid science, (laughs) and I know that it shouldn't, but like, you—he's made of matter, and instead of like, instead of like dying, he starts to just disintegrate, like like get shiny, and like he's just gonna not exist. So that was irritating as well. <laughs> it's just fantasy. It's science. First of all, they're scientists. But if this was a plot where wizards had cloned somebody and it was a four-week spell, you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But it's not, Jake. I know there it's not. There are two scientists. <laughs> it's true. It is science. <laughs> yeah, I guess the two didn't work on their science in the, in the science fiction In this department. fake world. It's very frustrating. <laughs> So basically, there's a bunch of hijinks at the dance. Uh, Will, who is not the dancer, gets asked to start a dance, and they're trying to find Tui so they can save him, give him this drink. Yeah, the bad guys are trying to save him too. Yeah, that was really confusing. And they're like fighting over the liquid, and it's like y'all both want to give it to him. So yeah, the scientists want to give him the liquid because they want to further experiment. And then Will wants to give it to him to keep him alive, but they're fighting each other when they both want the same thing. Yeah, wouldn't you be like, all right, let him 
get the, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do, I guess. They almost made it worse because they were about to let him drink it. And then he's like, wait. And then he doesn't drink it. I do love that Will finally tells Chucky, he's like, yo, that was my clone. Here's what happened. Uh, he's getting clone napped. We got to go find him. He's yeah, got to have this drink. Somehow they, they kidnap Will at the dance. Yeah, there's a mix up between who's the clone and who's not. Yeah, but they make it sound like clone napping isn't illegal, but kidnapping is. So then right. when they realize they've kidnapped Will, they're like, uh-oh, which clone napping is still illegal. You like <laughs> that the bad guys show up at a public school dance? <laughs> yeah. And like, they're, just, they're in. Yeah. No one stopped them. And then I love how they're like dancing across the dance floor to like try to get to him. Again, cartoony. They're they're well, great. They're great villains. Thinking to now, especially with lots of shootings happening, I don't know what it's like at dances in middle school and high school, but Oh, I do. Even to like right now, I mean. Oh no. Yeah, okay. I, I know what it's like back then. I <laughs> meant now. But like to get into our school, you have to like like fill out this form and do a safe visitor thing and Excuse me. You have to have like a badge and stuff. So just to waltz into a dance like that, I'm like, no. I don't think that would have happened then either. You don't? I mean, I went to a lot of middle school dances by myself. Um, <laughs> and I had a lot of fun because it was no pressure. Yeah. And I don't remember. I remember there being like an adult at the door. And they knew all the kids and there was a lot of rules about who could get in. And Yeah, that's true. But I guess maybe small town, we at prom, which is a high school, different. But at prom, the whole town would come and watch us promenade in. And then they would come in and take our pictures and like hang out for a few minutes and then leave. Yeah, they did that. So my last year of high school, I was at a, a small town, Kansas. You know, medium-sized town. No, it's still small. <laughs> Yours just, is extremely small. I'm just kidding. Go on. <laughs> but they did the same thing, and I was like, what is going on here? So that I'm, was weird to you? Yeah, no, we don't oh. do that. We don't do none of that. We don't. When you got like a billion kids at school, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the interesting... I don't know that I loved it, but nice thing about a small town is like, any event, the whole town would show up and we'd be like, yeah, let's go watch the prom. You do love that Tui runs out of the dance and he tells Heather Johnson, like, I got to go. I got some things. I got to run, but I'll call you. And by the way, there's two dance scenes here. Tui does a dance and then Will comes back and they, well, Tui's run off. And they're like, where's the new dance you're going to teach us? And he teaches them the yo-yo dance. Cool, you changed. Yeah. And nice. Then it's playing that Aaron Carter song. Some people live for the week. <laughs> I love that song. I had that CD. I had okay, I had a bootleg of that CD. Oh my god! I no, I was buying a bootleg. Okay, it was at what? It was at a flea market. It was at a local flea market. Uh huh. And at this local flea market, um, you could just buy CDs, DVDs, whatever. And if they didn't have it, they'd be like, just a second, then go in their van and burn it for you. <laughs> and like we had Napster at the time, we had our own ways of getting these things, uh -huh. but you may not have a CD burner, right? And so there was the CD I wanted, Aaron's Party, Come Get It. <laughs> uh, it was one of the ones that was on a 1-800 commercial playing uh -huh. all the time. I wanted this CD. I see it. 
I buy it. It's like way cheaper than the, you know, the thing. And it comes on like this very plain silver disc. And it's just like handwritten Aaron's party. I'm like, yeah, I got it. And then Luke sees it, my older brother. And he's like, that's a bootleg. <laughs> I'm like, huh? It's like the real one's gold. And he starts describing it. And I was like, oh. Oh, so well. did you listen to the CD anyway? Oh, criminal! A thousand times. A thousand times. <laughs> so okay, so we talked about the dance a little. Uh, we already kind of already like talked about um, trying to get the liquid to him, but I did want to talk about the ridiculous hijinks that the bad guys get into. Basically, there's this whole fight, and they have brought in the kidnapped, what they think is the clone, to this car place like a mechanic shop and they push over one of the bad guys into one of those car pits where you drive the car over it and the carpet is just filled with oil for no reason. Yeah, he's just covered in oil. Is that a thing? No, it is not a thing. I think it was, but I, maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe there's like the oil pit and we don't There is this. no oil pit. What if? No, they're like in these like round containers. Yeah, the, the like the red yeah looking they're not in a pit in the ground that was where the mechanics are it's just so silly yeah it is i was just wondering if maybe that was a thing where you're like some of them just have an open oil thing you can dump it in and it flows until i don't know i was imagine <laughs> i was i always imagine things to fill in the gaps just yeah, to see. yeah you're like oh yeah we gotta like really let the movie just be a movie and i'm like yeah. no pick it apart <laughs> yeah i'm like if this needed an explanation they would have given us one that's my humanity's background <laughs> right just going like and i'm like science yeah suspend disbelief <laughs> i will not <laughs> and you don't have to you don't have to so basically the friends had called the police they show up he drinks the liquid they say they're identical cousins to From get Belgium. out of it, which is super funny. Yeah, and the guy in the car is like, no, they're clones. And then the family who just found out the clone exists, like, oh, yeah, they're just cousins. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Tui says he's Gil because uh, the other guy says he's Will. So Will and Gil. And then Grandpa's at the family be- meeting. They reveal what happens and they adopt him. Woo! Woo-hoo! The other me. <laughs> I told a lot of stories today, so thank you, audience, for listening. <laughs> I just didn't feel like I'd ever get a chance to share the Yu-Gi-Oh story. Oh, right. And it's a good, it's right. a, it's a good memory. Good for you. <laughs> so, as far as tracking goes with this one, which we're tracking, disapproving parent, there wasn't one. No single parents. There was a romantic kiss. There was because on the lips. The girl. We didn't even say this. The girl knows that the other guy was the clone, but she still likes Will and knows like deep down inside what he was really like. Yeah. And so then they like kiss after oh, the clone right. did all the work. It was Will she kissed, not the not, clone. You're oh, right. I was so annoyed. Right. Again, romantically frustrated. And she invited him to the dance. Yeah. So. Wow. Progressive. There we go, girl. It's also, I added a category. Um, this one is based on a book. Yeah, it sure is. I feel like we need a With category called, like, I don't know, soup can labels. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> what? Just some kind of labeling thing, because I feel like this is one of those movies where they kept labeling everything. Like, hey, it's me, your best friend. We're the bad guys. Like, they 
it was like watching. <laughs> I don't um, think we can detract that. That's up, too up subjective. Did that though? Yeah. Where they just kept like very verbally labeling who was who. <laughs> oh, brother. Okay, where are we now? Well, I had already done Andrew Lawrence, who plays, which I think this is a testament to how good he did at playing two characters, because I was reading the IMDb and I was like, oh, yeah, he played two characters. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was kind of, they were such distinct characters. I really thought of him as Will and Tui. So great actor. Andrew Lawrence, one of the Lawrence brothers, has 68 credits, and I have talked about him before, so I'll just briefly say that um, he's most known for Recess, Battlefield 4, and Money Play, which he, Money Plane, sorry, that he wrote and directed. He's continued acting. He's a guitar player, and um, he has an EP out called King's March from 2017, but I found a new thing, and this is very recent. Um, the Lawrence Brothers have started a podcast. It's called the Brotherly Love Podcast um, with all three brothers. And the first episode just dropped in February, the end of February. Do they talk about their sitcom, Brotherly Love? Um, so they're, it sounds like they're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. And one thing I think is really cool is they're going to have... Uh, like guests, like not famous guests where you can talk to them live. Cool. Yeah. As part of the podcast. So there's like videos that they've been putting out of like just random people like zooming in with them and discussing different things. So yeah, it's a really cool new thing that's just now out. Maybe they'll have us on. (laughs) Hey, we'd love to be on. They seem like cool guys. Yeah. So anyway, new podcast out for the Lawrence Brothers. The dad was played by Mark L. Taylor, 171 credits, most known for Inner Space, Arachnophobia, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of one-episode appearances, and just a little tidbit, he has two children. The mom was played by Lori Hallier, or Hallier, I don't know, 93 credits, most known for My Bloody Valentine. She's been on an episode of Star Trek. And a few episodes of Strange Days at Blake Halsey High. Um, she was born in British Columbia, Canada, so Canadian. The last thing she did was in 2020, and it was called Miss America. It's like a miniseries. Also, she's appeared in four Christmas movies, most of yeah, them kind of recently. I saw that. It was a lot. Of Christmas. It was a lot. I counted them. Yeah, so I feel like that says something about where you are as an actress if you're in that many Christmas movies. <laughs> or maybe where you want to be. Like, I, I guess know. you get a paycheck. You're not crazy like, famous. If, you know, like when we find these people who do like 20 of these Hallmark movies? Yeah. Dude, they're calling you. Yeah. And you're true. getting work and you're probably like more than paying your bills if you're in that much work. That's true. You That's know? true. And most actors can't even you know, swing anything and flunk out of the biz, essentially. Yeah. Because there's so much luck involved. It's true. There is. There is. Oh, man. Elena Browning. I loved her. The This is the older sister character um, played by Allison Pill. I normally don't love the sibling characters, but I really liked her, even though she was like annoyed with her brother all the time. I was like, she's so punk rock. She was so cute. I really liked her. Anyway, it made sense once I realized she was in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I saw she's that. that drummer girl. Oh. Yeah, and she's in in it, but 
She's also in Goon, Dan in Real Life, and Milk. And she's most recently been in Hello Tomorrow in 2023. She has, did I say she had 182 credits? So she's definitely a working actor. Uh, Some fun stuff is she was Zelda in Midnight in Paris, which was nominated for an Oscar. It's the strange Owen Wilson movie that I kind of like. Good for her. She's been on a bunch of episodes of American Horror Story. And uh, this was just adorable to me. She was Cornflower in the Redwall TV series from 1999. Oh, dang. She voiced Cornflower. Way to go. I loved those books. I did not watch the movie or the show, but. Um, one of her first jobs was narrating children's audiobooks, and she was nominated for a Tony and the Lieutenant of Inishmore. Girl. And three of the films that she's been in were nominated for Best Picture. She could go for an EGOT. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And last one is Chucky the Friend. He was played by Brendan Jefferson, 31 credits, and you maybe recognize him from X-Ray on Holes. It's funny. When I watched Holes, I remember seeing his face and be like, I know this guy. Really? I don't know from what. Yeah. And as I was reading it, I was like, oh, I did know him. Yeah. Yeah. He's also been on Crimson Tide, but his last credit was in Grounded for Life in 2004. So he hasn't really continued to act, at least for the past, like, almost 20 years. <laughs> well, if you Google him long enough, it says he passed away in 2019, but, but... I couldn't find any reliable source that confirmed that. And I saw another website that says, he is alive and kicking and is currently 36 years old. Please ignore rumors and hoaxes. (laughs) But again, no source. None. Well, sometimes it is hard to find stuff because there's probably more than one Brendan Jefferson in the world. But it's spelled E-N. I know. That is unusual. That does help. Yeah. But I agree. I think it made it harder. But I I looked. Couldn't find anything. No, me either. Me Brendan either. Jefferson, first off, are you alive? Next, be on our podcast. I like hope you are, man. I hope you're doing well, <laughs> but I hope you're alive. If not, please make an Instagram so you're alive. <laughs> Something. So what are our DCOM connections? Our director was Manny Cotto. He directed Xenon the Sequel. Our writer was Jeff Schechter. He also wrote Brink. So there you go. That's why this one had such a good tone. Nice. It was so fun. Yes, it was fun. Andy Lawrence is in Going to the Met, Jumping Ship, uh, and Horse Sense. And I I thought he was in Full Court Miracle. He's not. You were wrong. Yeah, I was like, where's Full Court Miracle? As I was looking <laughs> at his IMDb and I looked it up and I was like, that's not him. That's Alex D. Lins. So sorry about that. Um, I'll probably remember as we watch and be like, oh, yeah, it's definitely not him. But it's been a long times I've seen going to the matter. Um, full Court Miracle. Mark Old Taylor is Mr. Fulton in High School Musical 2. Don't know who that is. I'm pretty sure once. that's... No? Well, in High School Musical 2, they're at like on the pool. That resort. So I think he's like a, one of the assistants or something. Because I don't. he's not Sharpay's dad because that's Sharpay Evans. I think. I don't know. I don't anyway, remember that movie at all. Definitely not Troy Bolton. Okay. What? He's not? <laughs> uh, he's also the dad in uh, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Another great one. So, and in that, he is a disapproving dad. Excellent. <laughs> and he's, ex- he's great at it. Yes. Uh, Brendan Jefferson is Andrew and Xenon. He's on an episode of Even Stevens and Smart Guy. Yeah, and he's X-Ray and Holes. 
Joseph Motiki. He was uh, some guy named VJ. He's the custom ghost in the Screams team and the cameraman in Quince. Sarah Francis, one of the backup dancers. She's also dances and jump in Camp Rock and Descendants 3. Oh, wow. So super recent. That is a long time yeah. to be a backup dancer. She must look really little. <laughs> yeah, her character had a name in Jump In, but I assume it's a dancer. Like, we're just a no Probably, but that's all jump roping. That's one I've seen, actually. Yeah, I was just really impressed that that's, that's a huge range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, music by Mark Mothersbaugh, which if you uh, don't know who that is, uh, he's in the band Devo. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> yeah. Really? And he's done decoms? Oh yeah. Yeah, he did huh. both Halloween towns. So and, oh, oh. and Can of Worms. So we've run into him before. I've talked about it to a degree. I probably just said he was in Devo and didn't hum the song. Well, yeah, the humming helped me. <laughs> and that probably made you go, oh, dude, he's composed so much music for movies and TV. What but was the music good in this? I guess the two like popular songs were I didn't really notice other than that. We did talk about this briefly. There is so much music in this movie. There it is. It is constantly, like every scene has an original song yeah. to complement it. It was yeah. one of the most musically filled decoms we've seen. That's true. Constant That's true. music. It wasn't anything spectacular or anything groundbreaking. It was clearly just him on like a MIDI keyboard, <laughs> but it was like, Dude pumped him out for this. He did. And probably just did it all in an afternoon. It, I mean, that's impressive. That's impressive. I doubt it was an afternoon. Oh, and he also did the Even Stevens movie. Uh, Alan Sachs, the producer, one of the producers, he wrote the story for Pixel Perfect. Dan Gutterd, another producer, produced Jumping Ship and Xenon the Sequel. So we're going to see more of her work with a Lawrence brother. Oh, true. Yeah, Jumping Ships ship. and Lawrence Brothers okay. movie. Okay. And, okay, so there's a song that appears in the movie. Yeah. Called Everything, parentheses, feels like new. And I was just kind of diving in. I was like, who sings this? What is this from? It's very catchy. It's when, like, Tui's going to school and it's showing he's like, wow, school's so great. And it's <laughs> playing the song. And it, it's it's cute little pop song yeah yeah well i was like who sings this who made this where can i download this it was alexis johnson who was the main character in the last season of so weird oh yeah oh yeah and this is before she was in i think before she was in so weird and i could not find there's nowhere to download or buy this i tweeted at her asking where i could get it legally (laughs) it was on a copy of her one of her demo cds I really hope she tweets back. To be continued, maybe. Yeah, she's <laughs> so a maybe great, not. great singer. I'm pretty sure she writes all of her music now. She cool. obviously didn't write this. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And if you look it up, it shows up on YouTube. There's like five or six covers of it. Yeah. People really like this song. And I'm like, <laughs> this many people covered a song that only appeared in this one scene of one decom? <laughs> and they're just singing over like, you know, downloaded copy of the song but still they all wanted to sing it yeah yeah that's funny they must people just latch on to the most interesting things <laughs> i know so what reviews oh yes critical review <laughs> imdb it gave it a 5.9 out of 10 which i kind of agree with i think that's pretty good rate <laughs> um 44 on rotten tomatoes which is interesting because the last one was about a five, but it was higher on Rotten Tomatoes. So I don't know. Oh, man. Okay. 
City Dance 247 says, The other me was good, made for TV movie, and much better than The Parent Trap. <laughs> Which might be due to the fact that Andrew Lawrence is a better actor than Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan's fine. The Parent Trap is a much better movie. <laughs> I don't know about that. But... Oh, man. She says it's good except for the bad guys. They were cheesy, but it was cute, romantic, dramatic, and of course, funny, especially the cafeteria dance scene, one of Disney Channel's best, 7 out of 10. (laughs) Maria 100 said, this is my, oh my goodness, this sounds like a 10-year-old wrote this. This is my absolute fave movie that I have ever seen. Andy Lawrence is a great actor as Will, but he's, he is hilarious as Tui, the clone. I was laughing at every single scene. I have seen the movie at least 20 times. Also, this has so many exclamation points. I'm not even going to count them all. She broke a millennial rule, that's for sure. <laughs> the guy who plays Chucky... Brendan Jefferson is pretty funny. And I liked how Scotty DeSoto became friends with Tui when they bonded about not having dads. Elena is really a brat, but in the end, she comes through. I adore this movie and anyone who likes to laugh hysterically should watch it. Also, notice that everyone who commented on this movie said it was great and no one ragged on it. What year was that written? I don't know. I think it would say. (laughs) It might have. I didn't look. Oh, man. The whole review was so preposterous. Love it. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Maria 100, right? Yeah, Maria 100. So there was one real like critical review from the LA Times, um, which is very unusual for these. But Lynn Hefley said, ugh. Critics are so pretentious. I hate how they talk. Eh. She says, the the plot's got more holes than Swiss cheese, but the other me is a rarity. A family movie that is ever effervescent, good-natured, and fun to watch. It also delivers. This is the biggest surprise. Genuine moments of emotional depth. Which... In all of these reviews and many of the reviews in the past, they're all like, wow, I was so surprised. Wow, DCOMs are usually bad, but this one was good. But they all say that. Guys, DCOMs, come on. (laughs) We're in a good era, though. Yeah. We're in a good era that will change over time. We'll see. We've had a couple really bad ones. I know this. I, you know, I watched them all in college on purpose. <laughs> Though, again, it's not like I don't want to be like my childhood's better than everybody else's. Uh. It's not like that. Okay. It's not like that. There are definitely, I wish, you know, when you talk about Disney animation, there's like the gold era, the silver era, the Renaissance era, the post Renaissance. And there's one, more. everyone, there's broken down. We could do that with DCOMs. Oh, let's do that there's with eras. DCOMs. There's eras. We're going to do that with DCOMs if we remember. Which I don't know <laughs> where we divide some of this, but we've definitely, I feel like, entered into a newer oh. era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were about to give your rating, but I have one more critical oh, yeah, review. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. This is all it said. Once again, boo on the Lawrence Brothers. <laughs> is this somebody who probably just went to different Lawrence Brothers movies and like... One I really ten. hate the Lawrence brothers. I hate you, Joey and Matt and Andy. Yes. You poops. <laughs> Don't ever jump ship again. Oh, man. All right. Well, 
I really liked this movie. What about you? Oh, yeah. I love it. Love it because it's so fun. It knows what it is. It's just having a good time. It is. And no, it's not like Johnny Tsunami. It's not uh, It's not that good. But I, I, I just love it. I'm looking at my stuff. I always have the hardest time. Every time I listen to myself try to rate it, when I listen to the podcast, back, I'm like, man, just make a decision. But I never can. It's too hard for me. <laughs> I think this for me was a hair under Quinn's. They were almost equal. So I'm going to give it a 7.1. I got to give this. Why is the color of friendship so high on mine? I know. I also, I want to move this one down. I'm going to move Stepsister from Planet Weird to a 7. And then this one is getting a (laughs) 7.1. These are all very close together for me. No, you got to do that. That makes sense. You got to do, you got to, I totally get it. Um, I've been debating this whole time. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. Oh, because I I like it. It's definitely around an 8. But like. When I look at my eights, up, up, and away, four cents. I don't know. Do I like this one better? Four cents has some really great acting. Up, up, and away is just as silly and fun. Do I have up, up, and away too low? (laughs) Maybe. I'll have to think about it. But then Xenon kind of falls in this category, too. Like, I love Xenon. I know. And I put that so 7.5 for Xenon. I know it's uh, hard because they're starting to be all a little bit in the same area. And so we're like, well, how, which one did I really like more? I'll just throw an eight for now. Yeah. And be happy about it. Yeah. That's okay. Next one. Um. Well, first of all, oh. y- yes, Shannon, you should watch this. Oh, yeah. This is for my sister who hasn't watched many. So I'd like to tell her yes or no. <laughs> oh, you yes, gotta watch Watch it. this one. You gotta watch it. And the next movie would be Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Which you've seen. We saw it. Well, we saw it when we were dating. You had me watch it. Yeah. Why did I want you to watch that one specifically? I have no idea. I think it was Halloween. I wanted to watch (laughs) Halloween movies, but not Halloween Town. Yeah. I wanted to watch something cheesier. (laughs) Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Well, so I guess I can't guess what it's about, but I'm going to guess that it's about mom having a date with a vampire. I don't know that you could miss that. (laughs) You know what's really interesting is it's mom's got a date with a vampire, then Phantom of the Megaplex back to back. They're both like horror, scary, not horror, like scary. (laughs) And then we have a Christmas movie, the first one. And then Xenon, the freaking sequel. Our first? That might be my most sequel? watched decom. Oh, really? We you watched like it? it so many times. My mom hates that movie. <laughs> Stop watching Xenon, the sequel. <laughs> well, we'll, we are at our spring break point. So we're probably going to take two weeks off. But then we'll be back with Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to DCOM Deep Dive. Be sure to check out the movie we talked about on Disney Plus or on YouTube or on Amazon. A lot of them are available for rental there. And be sure to follow us on social media where every single week, Krista edits our faces onto every DCOM poster. It's hilarious. Thanks for listening.